Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Today we're going to discuss whether or not schools are squandering our kids' creativity. Before we jump right into that topic about schools squandering creativity, I want to take us back a little ways to 1983. Harvard professor Howard Gardner introduced his theory of multiple intelligences in his book called Frames of Mind. He outlined seven at the time and then later eight different multiple intelligences, or eight ways each of us can know and learn. I like to call these intelligences our superpowers. Gardner proposed that each of us has a way in which we learn best, or that each of us learns better using different types of intelligences. Some of us learn best by seeing, others by doing, and still others by using math and logic. The tragedy of this is that our public schools teach and test kids using only two of the eight intelligences proposed by Gardner. Those who learn through verbal linguistic intelligence or logical mathematical intelligences are those kids that pass standardized tests with flying colors. These are the kids that are labeled as smart. The rest of us are labeled as ordinary or, to put it quite bluntly, not smart, according to schools and testing. Talk about a big blow to one's self-esteem. Labeling our kids is one of the many challenges faced in our schools these days. Our kids are not seen as the amazingly gifted and talented kids they truly are, but they're labeled as smart, not smart, or somewhere in between, based on a standardized test. To take this labeling idea even further, the labeling of kids as ADD or ADHD has skyrocketed. While I'm certainly no authority on either one of those topics, it seems to me that kids are being labeled as hyperactive because they aren't able to sit still in a class for six hours a day. I hate to break it to you, but none of us are programmed to sit in a desk for six hours a day, let alone in a classroom where the information being presented may or not may not be stimulating or appropriate for our kids' ways of learning. The solution to the fidgeting? Medication, and usually lots of it. To make matters worse, we are constantly providing our kids with sources of a distraction such as cell phones, tablets, and a barrage of TV channels with, of course, the endless commercials, and we wonder why our kids just can't seem to focus. Sir Ken Robinson a thought leader in educational reform, shared a story on TED Talks about a young girl whose parents were contacted by the school stating she had a learning disorder. She was constantly fidgeting and couldn't sit still in class. The parents took her to a specialist to discuss her problem. 
When the specialist requested to speak to the mother alone, he left the little girl in the room by herself with music playing. The specialist then instructed the mother to watch the little girl, who was by then moving to the music. The specialist said to her mother, Your child doesn't have a learning disorder. She's a dancer. Take her to ballet class. This is brilliant! If only dance and other art forms were prescribed to kids to channel and focus their energy and learning instead of medicating them, what a wonderful world we would have. Arts truly are the great equalizer. Imagine, your kids loving to learn again, and dare I say it, use their imaginations and be creative. Sir Robinson stated that education should be focused on creativity and producing divergent thinking, or multiple ways to solve a problem. Today, sadly, our kids are taught that there's only one right way to be right. He also stated that the arts are as important as literacy and should be treated as so. Isn't it a shame that our kids are never taught that making mistakes is the best way to learn? Who was made boss and decided which one way our kids should be taught in school for each of our subjects? Probably someone who doesn't even have kids but has an advanced degree in education. But that's the way it's always been, and we shouldn't change it, right? In an age when a college degree doesn't necessarily lead to a job, I think we should take a closer look at some alternatives in education. Will it be easy? No, it never is. But it's obvious that we need to stop looking the other way and initiate change and initiate ways to change the learning outcomes for our kids. If we're not able to make sweeping changes in our public school systems, we as parents need to take it upon themselves and seek out opportunities for our kids to engage their creativity and be allowed to make mistakes. Dancers certainly don't become prima ballerinas overnight. It takes years of focused effort and making mistakes that are corrected for the ballerina to achieve her full potential. Picasso said it best when he said, Every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. Isn't that the truth? How many of us learn through going to school that our ideas to solve problems, whether in writing, art, math, or music, didn't matter? Are schools to blame for squandering the creativity we had as kids? Or do we as society have a hand in turning out individuals who don't think they're smart or talented or that their original ideas aren't worth much? I say all of the above. And there's certainly no easy solution. All we can do as parents is foster our kids' desire to be creative. Encourage her to move to music or to the sound of rain hitting the windows. Let him create works of art with his food. Give kids access to art supplies and recyclables and let them dream up wonderful creations. Rather than reading a story to your kids at bedtime, why not create your very own stories? While giving your kids free reign to express their creativity may take a little planning, sometimes prodding, or group effort, in no time, your kids will relish the opportunity to, to put their minds to great use. If you're not feeling up to the challenge of planning time for creativity every day, let the experts in your local communities help you raise a confident, creative kid. 
Just a little warning, though. Letting your kids express their creativity has a mysterious and magical way of allowing you to be creative, too. Don't sit back and let our schools squander what is most precious about our children. Their creativity. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share us with a friend and leave us a review here on iTunes. Be sure to head over to artsmartparenting.com for free updates to help you raise a smarter kid through the arts. And if you're looking for more ways to propel your child's learning, join me each Wednesday for a free live webinar where you'll discover how your child learns best, how to supercharge learning, and the often hidden mismatch between teaching, testing, and your child. Sign up today at artsmartparenting.com and click on the Live tab. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes where I'll be sharing tips and tricks to incorporate the arts into your already busy schedule and expert interviews with artists, educators, and entrepreneurs on how the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. Until next time, I'm Young Pratt, your partner in raising smart kids.